What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, sorry. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we are going to break down all of the events from last night. We had the opening kickoff of the NFL season, which is so very exciting. The Bucks took on the uh I was gonna say the Packers. I don't the Bucks took on the Cowboys um last night. We're gonna take a look ahead at the week one slate. Um, some of Fox's favorite uh, picks of the week. And then we've got a couple hot takes for the season. I've got a couple of bets and some uh, daily fantasy plays that I want to go over. And then, of course, at the end of the show, we'll have our little bit of a movie corner. As always, I'm joined by my partner here, Mr. Matthew Fox. How are you, sir? I feel like I kind of uh, set you up to fail there talking about uh, how last night's game was great. At least we didn't get a Green Bay Chicago 10 3. That's why you were thinking about the backers. I think but, so, uh, man. I don't I don't even know. It was a surprisingly um entertaining and uh high-powered offense. I felt I felt bad in the middle of the week. I you know, I thought the Bucks had a decent defense, and you know, opening night games can be a little dicey. So I had dropped some of the Cowboys and Buccaneers in my fantasy rankings for week one. That did not pan out. I hope the rest of the week goes a little better for me. It was an insane week, um, just in general. And then you factor in that so much kind of transpired. It, it's uncertain what, what kind of DAC we were going to see, what kind of run, like, I mean, the run game's even as murky as ever for the for the Tampa Bay Bucks, but it's even as murky as ever for possibly for the, for the Cowboys. But um, going into the game, there's so many different aspects of the game that I found interesting. I watched the entire thing, and, I, and I'm watching it, and the way it starts, you're thinking, all right, the Bucks have got control. We got a potential blowout on our hands. And then Dak kind of just – Dak took over for four quarters. That's probably mm-hmm. one of the best games I've ever seen Dak play. Did he make a couple of, of – just okay mistakes, but yes, you know, you watch the game. They're not going to, he's not going to be able to throw the ball 60 times and throw the ball perfectly 60 times. So for me, it was interesting to kind of watch Dak. And, and when you watch that game, 
that's why they paid Dak Prescott 100% because he went out there and balled. And Amari Cooper kind of showed establishes dominance as the wide receiver one for Dallas. You had CD Lamb, who I feel like should have probably had about 40, maybe 50 more yards on his on his resume for the week. Well, he would have uh, if he caught that one over the middle instead of popping it up for an interception. Exactly. And and that's the thing. Like there was there was three interceptions, I think, by Brady in the game. Two of them, uh no, was it three? Two interceptions. Yeah, I think he yeah, it was two interceptions, two fumbles. Yeah, the fumbles. That's what it was, the fumbles. So you had the two interceptions from Brady. One really wasn't his fault. It was the one that bounced out of Fournette's hand right after uh, Ronald Jones put it on the ground. And then we had the one at the end of the half, which really was just a toss-up-and-pray kind of scenario. But to dissect the whole, I think Cowboys are set. But as I mentioned on our podcast, when we made our predictions, I said my biggest concern with the Dallas Cowboys was going to be Mike McCarthy, and I understand the offensive pass interference that we'll we'll discuss in just a few minutes. That was it, offensive pass interference. Who knows? We will never know. It was, but yeah, we know. the thing about it is, is there's there were several missed calls throughout the game, and that's just what yeah. that's what the life of the referee is. But to say they lost the game because that offensive pass interference is absurd. First off. If you get down to the three-yard line and you're facing a team with a high-powered offense, you do not kick a field goal. You don't. You don't. When you have the ball under two minutes inside the 30-yard line, why do you automatically get conservative and then just decide, oh, we're going to kick the field goal and give Tom Brady a minute and 30 to go down the field and do what Tom Brady has done a trillion times? Mike McCarthy is the reason why they lost that football game last night. Fox, what was your thoughts on the game as a whole? Yeah, so there's a there's a few things. Um, first, you know, we'll go to uh, it's week one. There's no point in having massive overreactions. I did not think Ezekiel Elliott was going to have a great game. The Tampa Bay defense may not have an incredible secondary, but they were incredible against the run last year. Um, And I think Dallas missing guard Zach Martin, knowing they weren't going to be at full strength facing that teeth of that defense, which is the front seven, did a different game plan. Zeke had a couple of opportunities that maybe he didn't make the most of. Um, I want to see him a few more weeks before I panic. Same thing kind of with Mike Evans. Um, Evans, maybe there was a couple balls he should have got that he didn't. Uh, and it looks bad because AB had a huge game. Gronk had a huge game. Godwin had a huge game. It's going to happen. They have so many weapons. They're going to rotate around. What I, what was confirmed for me that I was already worried about is the Tampa Bay backfield. Um, that looks like it's going to be continuously a mess. Neither of those backs was great, but Ronald Jones probably is going to be punished isn't the right word, but lose some opportunities after that fumble, even though I don't think that fumble was totally his fault. That was a really good defensive play, punching it. But those kind of things happen. What I was encouraged about is Dallas's defense was a rumor last year. Um, Dan Quinn comes in. He's got a lot of young players, a lot of new players. And opening night in Tampa Bay, you're facing a loaded veteran offense that has some of the best receivers and the best quarterback to ever play the game. And I, you know, they weren't perfect, but they forced a lot of turnovers, which was really good, I thought. And they held, they 
kept Dallas in the game. They didn't get blown out. They didn't let it get away from them. I think the the 2020 Dallas defense, that game's like 60 to 20. Um, you know, by the by the way, everyone was playing. Um, they look like they're going to be a lot better. I think they're going to be better as they go through the season. And as the announcers pointed out last night, Dallas has a fairly soft schedule. They don't play another yeah. team that was in the playoffs last year until week 11. But two things troubling me. First, Greg Zerline, he used to be one of the best kickers in the game. He wasn't incredible last year. I know they said he had off-season surgery, so maybe that's part of it. But he did not give me a great sense of confidence. He was shanking kicks. Even a couple that he made were very tight, and those can be the difference in some of these tight, close games. Um, so that's something to watch. But I do agree with Mike Mike McCarthy a few times too conservative. Trying to go for a 60-yard field goal at the half it didn't end up biting them, but that seemed like a uh, – risk an unnecessary risk i'll say kicking a field goal when you were on the on the three down there seemed like a real unnecessary and don't think you go for it the way your defense is playing having turned them over so much you want them to be pinned inside the three because you know maybe you get a stop maybe you get a turnover and plus territory that would be the you know turning the ball over at the three would be the worst outcome of you going for it on for, fourth down. I guess you could yep. get turned over and have it run back. That would be the worst outcome. But the way your offense was playing, I thought they should have gone for it. And I do agree the game situation. You even heard Michelson Collinsworth, if you were watching it, talking about that last drive. You know, Collinsworth basically said, "I'm not playing for a field goal here." And Al Michaels said, "Agreed." And then almost immediately they did a handoff to Zeke, which we knew from 58 minutes of experience was not going to get them anything and then lined up to boot a field. goal, And that was not the shortest field goal. I was actually puckering a little bit um, thinking, you know, Greg Zerline has had an up and down night. And now you're just rolling him out there 47 yards. No problem. It's not that he doesn't have the leg, but he seemed like he was struggling a little with accuracy. He did nail that kick. So maybe that'll give him some confidence, but you couldn't you couldn't be surprised that Brady was able to bring them back down. I had always thought the Bucs were going to win. I thought it was going to be close. I do think that was offensive pass interference, but those kind of things happen. We see that kind of stuff happen in games all the time. There were weird calls throughout the day. I think Dallas is going to get better. I was impressed by their showing last night. A lot of people thought they were going to get blown out, and they did not. Yeah, I didn't think they get blown out. I liked the plus eight, and I was riding it all week. It's it was a kind of high spread, even though I understand it's the Super Bowl champions, et cetera, et cetera. But it's opening night, new offenses, new defenses, new players, et cetera. I mean, I know the Bucks returned everybody, but there's so many things that really kind of just went off the rails in that game. Because the thing about it is, is moving forward for the Buccaneers wide receiver, you have to start every one of them each week period. Like there's just no way around it. I don't think they're not matchup uh, dependent because I don't think it really matters because they're going to throw the ball probably 40 to 50 times a game. And he's going to divide it between the three of those did, but the Brown resurgence does look legit. And people forget, people forget that Antonio Brown is one of the greatest route runners we've ever seen. And he's one of the best receivers that we've ever seen play this game. And he's like their fourth option. 
Exactly. And that's crazy because I feel like, and I, to be honest with you, I do think that he is the best receiver on the team as well. He's the, he's the best route runner and he's got, and he's got great hands. And we've saw Godwin on that deep pass, which was a beautiful place ball by Brady and Godwin just put it on the ground. And I know Brown has his issues too, but the thing about it is, is each, I think that's the biggest cause of concern going forward. If you own any of the three of those guys, you have to start them weekly and you might end up weeks where Ev- where you have like Evans where you get six or seven points, but at the end of the day, it's it's all forced to go. So Watch, two, I don't really know what to do with him. I mean, and I was gonna say those were probably my my biggest misses. I mentioned to you last night. I was nervous a little bit because they said Godwin was a little banged up going in. So oh my I god, him exactly. out of a couple lineups. Right. And I wish I had had the stones. There was a couple places where I was strongly considering playing AB. Fortunately, I think in two or all three of my best ball teams, I have AB. So I didn't have to make that lineup decision. Um, I'm going to get bailed out there. But I wish there was a couple leagues I almost started them. And I was like, nah, it's probably not going to be a super high scoring game. And as soon as it started, I was like, dang it. I should have just started all my bucks and started all my, my Cowboys. Fortunately for me, I just remembered the place that I switched Godwin out of the lineup. I put Amari Cooper in instead. So, oh yeah, that's a good. Could have been worse. That's a that's a good. Um, and one more thing on the Bucks game, uh, real quick here. Um, the tight end situation. Schultz looks like the man, and I figured he would be. I had a lot of. I have a lot of Schultz. Um, Last night, he ended up with uh, 10 points versus Jarwin's five. He did have six targets, caught all six for 45. Jarwin did still have four targets. And the thing about it is, is is Schultz, if if Gallup is out any period of time, Schultz is going to skyrocket up a little bit. I think Cedric Wilson's another one that we can look at too, because he did end up with three catches. But at some point in time, Tony Pollard might be in a conversation as a flex play in certain weeks because he looks like he's the guy that's going to play when they're when they're running a hurry up offense, which blows my mind because and that's one more thing I want to talk about before we over over go crazy over Zeke. Um, he had he had the one run where he broke off looked really good. Okay, and I think the big problem that we had in this game is is obviously with with the game was not far out of reach to have Prescott throw fifty eight times. Okay. They never gave Zeke a chance to really get going. He got sporadic carries. First off, he only had 11 carries in the game. He had sporadic carries throughout the entirety of the game. There was stretch of runs where we didn't even see them run the ball for an ent- almost an entire drive. And then when they did, it's like, oh, hey, here's the, here's the handoff. You know what I mean? It was like Zeke was on the field a lot last night. He just didn't get the targets. He didn't get. Yeah, they said eighty-two percent of the snaps. Uh, yeah, he, he got two field. targets and eleven. So he touched the ball thirteen times last night for a total of thirty-nine yards. I'm not worried about Zeke yet. I don't think there's anything to worry about. You're right about the Bucks having a good run defense, and maybe that was why McCarthy kind of tried to, you know, throw the ball a little bit more. But I just think that it was, even if you watch the Bucks, the Bucks opened up their 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 passing attack a little bit because they ran the ball not super efficiently, but they get chunk yards. Four or five here, four or five there, four or five there, 10 here. You know what I mean? You have to be able to run the football in order to win, but they didn't. And Zeke, I'm not worried about Zeke at all. So, yeah, I feel like Uh, that was a tactical decision um, by Kellen Moore. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seemed like that was his, you know, we're playing a brutal front. We saw what these guys did to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. We're missing our starting guard. 
We yep. are just going to snap it in the shotgun and make some quick passes and let our playmakers get the ball and go. We'll run a few trick plays. We'll try to keep the defense honest. And for the most part, it worked. I That's where I, I don't think it's a reflection of what they think of Ezekiel Elliott. I think it was a tactical decision based on the game. Um, and fortunately for them, you know, you have to wonder if Dak, if his arm wasn't really in as good a shape, they would have Lost seen that early there. on and changed. Freezing a little bit. Can't oh, hear you. Sorry. Uh, I I just think I can't hear you. I don't know what's happening, but I can't hear you right this second. Um, I don't know if it's my end or your end, but I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. There we go. We're back. So I just think it was their tactical decision. Um, you know, sure. I think I that's that. what we're going to see with, uh, with the tight ends to, um, you know, I always thought they were going to split. I actually think that means it, the, it's possible. Neither of them end up being great weekly starts. I agree 100% with that. Um, all right. So, as we all know, every running back in Baltimore has now uh, hurt themselves and is out for the year. Um, there's There was supposed to be the Gus bus. Um, I did a draft with a buddy of mine, and I was helping him with this draft. And, and I was like, man, you got Gus. He had a good roster, saw a roster from top to bottom. And now Gus is out for the season. And... Um, I know they brought in Devontae Freeman, so everybody's like, oh, let's go get Devontae Freeman. He's the man. And then today we find out the Ravens give $2 million to Latavius Murray, and I do believe that he's going to be the running back to own. It might not be first couple weeks, but at some point in time, he's going to take over that back. Murray's good. Murray still has a little bit left in the tank. I'm not going to – period, he does. You know what I mean? He might not be the greatest of choices, but – you are set up for success in that offense because of Lamar Jackson's running ability. Also, I will say that uh, one one point real back real quick about the Bucks. The Bucks struggle with Dak's ability to get out of the pocket, which kind of surprised me because they kind of honed in on Mahomes in the Super Bowl. But I think they might struggle a little bit uh, with that this season. But with that being said, what are your thoughts on this backfield? Yeah, I like Latavius Murray um, as well. I, it might be your AirPods. I don't know what's going on with the audio here. There we go. I can hear you. Okay. Um, I think Latavius Murray is probably the guy um, that ends up there. They're probably going to use Tyson Williams. Week one is going to be more of a question mark. Le- Le'Veon Bell signed there too. I know a lot of people were bullish. I like him a little bit more than Devonta Freeman. Both of Bell and Freeman are on the practice squad, so it's going to be interesting. One of them will probably get elevated. I think it's going to end up being Bell for week one. I don't know if Latavius Murray is going to be ready for week one. He just signed um, today, and I'm not sure with changing teams uh, what all they have to do with the COVID protocol. Um, the Ravens don't play till Monday night, so it's possible he's available, but I think he's probably more of a week two option. I expect mostly in this game against the Raiders, it's going to be Lamar Jackson maybe trying to throw more, um, but also a lot of Tyson Williams. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to kind of watch them kind of play around and, and see what, what happens with that offense. But uh, – all right, so moving on to the games of the week. Fox, the floor is yours, my man. All right, well, um, you know, if you follow the site, I release a Friday Five every week. 
So I will be, um, yeah, it'll come out later this afternoon uh, where I highlight five games, but I thought I'd highlight a couple of games, um, one from each uh, window this week. The first, uh, the morning window, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, both those teams were in the playoffs last year. I think both have playoff aspirations this year. Uh, I think the Bills probably end up being uh, the the better of those teams. That's the team that I'm picking to win uh, this game. Um, but I think that that could be a fun offensive matchup. We're going to get to see Najee Harris. We're going to get to see Diggs and Josh Allen. So I think that's going to be pretty fun. Uh, the late window game. Uh, in the in the afternoon, uh, Cleveland Browns at the Kansas City Chiefs. That was one of the better games uh, during the AFC uh, playoffs. It was a very close game. The Browns uh, nearly got there. That was when Mahomes got knocked out and Chad Henney had to kind of seal it. I think it's going to be a, a good matchup. Two teams that I think will both be in the playoff competition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ricky's not as bullish. I still think the Chiefs win this one, but uh, I'm expecting a ga- good game. I think it might be one of the higher scoring games. Sunday night game, the Chicago Bears at the Los Angeles Rams. We're basically watching this to celebrate Matthew Stafford and uh, to bide our time and until Matt Nagy realizes he needs to play Justin Fields. Fortunately, uh, NBC got a great game on Thursday night because I don't know if the Sunday night game is going to live up to that billing. I am excited to see Stafford and the Rams. I'm not uh, as bullish on Andy Dalton. I think the Rams should win that one pretty easily, but uh, I'm I'm in on the Rams this season. And then the Monday night game is the Baltimore Ravens at the Las Vegas Raiders. I actually had this as my upset special before the Gus Edwards news came out, but I feel better about it now. I'm picking the Raiders to win this one. I think it might be a fun game. I, I'm all I'm all in, uh, apparently, as a Denver fan on the Raiders in week one. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I, I saw they said upset special, and I was intrigued by it. Um, one of my bets this week, and I'll go over it in a little bit. Uh, it's funny, two of the game, two of the three, two of the four games that are you talked about, I'm, I'm kind of in for my uh, bets a little bit later. Um, there's some good games this weekend. Uh, Pittsburgh and Buffalo is going to be an interesting game. That line's at six and a half. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that six and a half says. I like Pittsburgh a little bit more than I know a lot of people do. And I don't even know why I do, to be honest with you. I can't figure out why. But um, I do think that Ben's going to have a better season than he did a year ago. I think he struggled a little bit. I do think that they're going to have an actual run game this year, which will help them. They do have Najee Harris, and I think that they're going to feed him the ball um but with that being said we're going to transition over to our hot takes for the season i'm going to kick off with one of mine since fox just got done talking but this one's a this one's a i really wanted to go like super hot and and fox went super hot with at least two to three of his because one of them i really like because i agree with them 100 percent. and the other one i i don't i kind of i don't know i kind of like his all three of his but the first one i'm going to mention is I do believe that Kellen Mond at some point this season will start for the Minnesota Vikings. And I think that he starts multiple games, whether that's due to Cousins being pulled because of COVID, whether it's because of injury, or whether it's just because Cousins sucks. I I haven't figured out which one it is, but I do think that Kellen Mond is going to start, I'm going to say, at least four games for the Minnesota Vikings this year. At least four. Um, I don't know how good this Vikings team is. Vikings team is but they have talent I just I think they really need a quarterback to really open up this offense right because you have Thielen you have uh, uh Jefferson you have Dalvin Cook you have weapons 
But it's like they're always a very conservative team. And the thing about it is, is you could get give Cook his, but at the same time, you could give Cook some passing attack too. You know what I mean? So you're you're looking at it in multiple facets of this game. I just don't think that I think they part ways at the end of the year. I think Cousins is playing somewhere else. I don't know if that's as a backup. Maybe he should just probably retire. He's been paid a lot of money not to really do a whole lot. And I like Cousins. I think that he's a good game manager, but he's not able to take this Vikings team to the next level. He just can't do it. So I think Kellen Mond, again, at some point, plays at least four games this year, which I don't think there'll be four good games either because I don't think Kellen Mond's very good either. But that's beside the point. Um, that's kind of what you got in Minnesota, guys. So deal with that as it may be. So, Fox, hit me with a, a, a couple of your uh, hot takes here. Yeah, I thought I was low on the Vikings at 7 and 10, but uh, I have a friend who is in the Minnesota area who the Vikings are his team. He said he thinks they finish in last place below Detroit in that division. So I think there's probably just real negative energy uh, in that town that you're picking up on. Uh, my first hot take, I know, uh, you know, I think the NFC East has two good teams and two teams that exist. Uh, and so first hot take, I do not think either Jalen Hurts or Daniel Jones is a starter in the NFL in 2022. Uh, I know a lot of people are riding that big year for Jalen Hurts, top 10 fantasy quarterback. I have not bought that all offseason. And I actually think, um, you know, the same way you think Kellen Mond ends up getting run in Minnesota, I think at some point we see uh, Captain George Gardner Minshew. Uh, starting game in Philadelphia. I think Hertz is going to struggle uh, coming in. I, you know, coaching change, a lot of reasons, but I don't think he's it. I don't think Daniel Jones is it. They've put all the weapons around Jones where if he doesn't succeed, they know they have to do something else. And I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And they have that extra pick next year. That's going to be really, really, really helpful for them as well. So I think that's going to help them. I think they could position themselves to get one of these quarterbacks, which, um, I think I, I think next weekend I'm going to reveal um, since one of us does the podcast notes for each week and that's not me. So uh, I'll make sure to, to, to put in my notes this week that I want to go. I'll go over. I'm going to reveal my top five quarterbacks for the upcoming NFL draft next week. So I'm pretty excited about that. I'll be adding that to my weekly, uh, you know, semi weekly on here on the show. I still love talking about college football. I know I'm not doing the Debbie Delight anymore, but there's still some guys that I like. I'll still do some rankings and stuff like that. I'm probably going to let the first couple weeks of the season kind of play out and kind of go from there. But um, hey, and part- the good news is I've studied enough that if you name five players that are the top of the position, I might actually know where they play. <laughs> Keaton Salvis is my quarterback. USC. There USC. we go, baby. That's all you need to know. All fans out there, all you need to know is about Keaton Slavis because he is my favorite quarterback in the upcoming draft. Looked good in week one, but I'll kind of dissect that a little bit more in the future. Another team that could be looking for a quarterback next year. Um, I actually, by speaking of which, I think the e, uh, NLE, or NL, what is this, baseball? The, could be. Could be. <laughs> the NFC, the NFC East could be looking at three brand new quarterbacks starting in that division next year. I really do. Yeah. I think the, with the. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. With the football team, I do think that Fitzpatrick is, is a Band-Aid. Whether they do good or not, it doesn't matter. I don't know how many years that guy's got left in tank. But another team that could be looking for a quarterback next year, the New Orleans Saints. I got them finishing in last place. I understand what I'm saying. It's a bold hot take. I, I told you a couple weeks ago, I love the betting to under. I just don't buy in Jameis Winston. I don't believe in this offense. It is atrocious. It is atrocious outside of Alvin Kamara. They have no offensive weapons. I love Adam Troutman. I wish I'd get him the ball a lot because I own a lot of Adam Troutman. I realized this weekend when I had to take him out of all of my lineups. Um, with that being said, Saints are not good. Their defense is okay at best. I know the Falcons are there, but I think the Falcons might overachieve a little bit more. They just seem to overachieve way too much, like all the time. And I think that it's going to be within one or two games, but I think that the Saints finish with maybe five or six wins and the Falcons kind of finish in that same ballpark, five or six wins. So I really do not like the Saints this year at all. All right, so you've got two more hot takes for me, Matt. Give them to me. Yeah, you know, I I agree with you too uh, that that's going to be tough sledding for Saints quarterbacks. Jameis Winston's actually my quarterback 32 this week. I think the matchup against Green Bay being – in uh, Jacksonville for their home game. Not great signs uh, for them. My uh, next hot take is, um, I think I mentioned this when we were talking about playoffs, but I ha- my pick for NFL MVP, uh, if you read our site, is uh, Matthew Stafford for the Rams. Um, you know, I was in on Matthew Stafford uh, last year when I picked the Lions to be a surprise playoff team. Uh, one of these years, he's going to do it for me, and I think going to a better Rams team is going to be uh, the years <laughs> this year. So that may not be as hot of a take, but my last one, and this one is dedicated to John Hamlers, who uh, writes for our site, does uh, the news and noise column. He is big on Le'Veon Bell having a huge year this year. Uh 
I think it's Latavius Murray. I think Latavius Murray ends up as the Ravens' top running back and ends up in the top 24 for the year. Uh, he feels a lot, you know, he succeeded Mark Ingram in New Orleans. Now he's succeeding Mark Ingram in Baltimore, and I think he's going to have a, a really good year. So funny thing enough, I just want to let everybody know that if you do write for us, we do not drug test. So uh, <laughs> I just want you to know that, yes, somebody did say Le'Veon Bell is going to have a great break breakout year. And that just kind of shows you that we do not, in fact, drug test for our writers. We gotta- I mean, he's got a chance. It, it became real wide open. He was in on Bell before Edwards got hurt, and that looked a lot better for like a day. Yeah, exactly. So who will start first, Justin Fields or Trey Lance? Uh so I'm. I'll take this. We're gonna see Lance. I think, well, but we'll start. Lance, but see, I think Lance is like a Taysom Hill kind of role for most, if not all, the season. I think they really do like rotating those quarterbacks, much to the dismay of those of us who play fantasy. I think Fields is the unquestioned starter first. I think that happens by October. I actually have him finishing inside my top twenty-four of quarterbacks for this year. Another one came in ten, top ten team PPR superflex. Hey, what's up? I completed my superflex draft. My team is McCaffrey, Josh Allen, Kyle Murray, De, uh, Swift, Woods, Deontay Johnson, George Kittle. That's a hell of a team. And then the rest of his team is also Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. I do like I. You know, I've seen a lot of people do the pairing of Williams and Gordon on their team, and I like it a lot because mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a lot more Gordon than people want to see, even Broncos fans early on in the season, but at some point Williams will take over that role because I do think they're going to be putrid. I really do. I think the Broncos are going to be terrible this year. I'm sorry, Fox. I'm going to keep saying this until I'm blue in the face, but Teddy Bridgewater sucks. And I just don't buy that offense at all. So uh, to, uh, I do, man, if, I like the guy's team a lot. I wish I had him. He, his questions in the, yeah, uh, I, I was getting the, there. Okay. Should I drop Murray and pick up Jamal Williams to be safe? Um, Another running back out there, McKissick and Fournette, or should I pick a wide receiver? Um, I I keep Murray. I really would. I, I really think that um, I, I'm not really sure about Jamal Williams. I, I don't know how that's going to look. Um, I think Swift's going to be the guy, and you have Swift. I really don't think that you have to double down there at all. I mean, you're obviously running the risk of a potential struggle between. Um, if we really have a hard-headed coach up in Detroit, you know what I mean? So it's a struggle there. What are your thoughts on on, on his uh, potential transactions there? Yeah, I'm keeping uh, Latavius Murray. Obviously, my hot take there was that I think he finishes as the, the top back for the Ravens. I think he can get up in the top 24. Jamal Williams, you know, unless DeAndre Swift actually turns out to be a murderer. Thank you, Reddit. Or uh, – <laughs> gets majorly injured. I think Swift is going to be a top 20 back and Jamal Williams, you know, was always kind of middle to low thirties for green Bay. I think he has that same kind of complimentary role that he did to, to Aaron Jones. So I would rather have Latavius Murray. I think there's a lot of upside. Baltimore wants to run. If they can find somebody whose ACL can hold out long enough to get into an actual game, there's going to be good value there. Yeah, I think so too. I think Murray's going to be, and Murray's the most talented back of what they have. You know what I mean? I really do think that that they have, he has potential upside there. So I would stay pat, stay in pat right now. 
I would also say since you are in a 10 team league, there's going to be some decent players on the waivers consistently. That happens. It's just, it's bound to happen because even if you're 15 people deep or 15 team deep, I don't know. I can't, I'm not going to do the math off of my head, but you have 15 players in your roster. That's only 150 players. So there's going to be good teams and good, I mean, good players on the waivers consistently. You just have to play them right. I would stay Pat right now. we got another question coming in. Um, in a one quarterback league, uh, Stafford, uh, Fields and Lance. A quick question would be, is this, I would assume this is a redraft league because you're going to, if you're yeah. dropping one of those guys. So um, should I drop one of them for Michael Corder or Tyson Williams? My running backs are Aaron Jones, J-Rob, Rojo. Rojo's not a running back anymore. Um, he's abolished from fantasy forever. Um, <laughs> That's, I was going to say, I might drop Rojo to go get Tyson Williams. Yeah, but I think you're going to have to wait until that, unless your league's a little bit different. I would say that transaction yeah. might wait until the following week, but I would um, I would definitely consider dropping Lance, I believe, in favor of um, or you, you could or you could do Rojo. Or, I mean, or you could do Rojo. One of those two is is where yeah. I would go. I'd go Lance or Rojo for Tyson. I really loved Michael Carter, but it's become unclear what his role is in the Jets' backfield right now, and it's also unclear to me if the Jets are going to be a robust offense. So I need a couple of weeks. I'm not making a big move in redraft to get him. I still think he's a great stash uh, and a great piece in Dynasty, but I, you know, I had him barely in my top sixty for this week in running backs, and that's more probably wishful thinking than uh, practical thinking. Yeah, I do. I agree with that 100. percent I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, yeah, you, and he just said, "Yeah, I can't drop Rojo." Yeah, you can't ro- drop Rojo yet. You might have to wait and figure out kind of see how the weekend plays out there for you before you do. Yeah, second in the waiver wire. I would also just say, let's, especially heading into Week One, we don't know who's going to get injured Sunday. We don't know, yeah. and you don't want to lose that second on the waiver spot right now. Um, yeah. And I know it'll kind of fluctuate and stuff like that in the future, but. It's really important to see how Sunday plays out because, I mean, we saw the abolishment of Rojo. I mean, could he come back? Absolutely. It was one fumble. But with two other running backs being there, the, the situation's kind of scary for that team. So uh, I like the idea of you standing pat right now. And like I said, with it being a 10-team league, I, I really feel like you're going to have got good guys on those waivers consistently. So you did drop it, though. My big thing is week one of the NFL season is the most difficult to handicap. It's the most difficult to rank because mostly, you know, especially now, almost all these teams are protecting and not playing any of their, their stars. A lot of the teams, you don't get any sense of how these new pieces are going to fit together. The first couple weeks of the season are figuring out what these teams are going to look like. We come into week one with mostly our preconceived notions about what, we think these guys are going to be from the off season. Yeah. Um, you know, week one is going to be not only injuries, but going, Oh, I thought I love the talent. I loved the potential opportunity, but he doesn't seem to be part of the game plan. Maybe I need to reevaluate. Absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Um, two questions still left here. We got a question. We got Jerry Judy or Tyler Boyd. Judy for me. Yeah. Judy for me as well. Um, I think they're going to lose that game, but I still, I still like Judy. Um <laughs> If they lose that game, Vic Fangio staying in New York. He's not going to get make it onto the plane. Uh, Jalen Waddle or more for the Jets? Ooh, that's a little bit harder. I'm going to go with Waddle, um, but I think both both those games are going to both those teams are going to be a little bit lower uh, scoring. Um, but I, I think the Dolphins have a better chance of winning. I 
Gilmore's out, so that kind of opens up that secondary a little bit for New England. Mm-hmm. I, I think I like Waddle, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad if he started more, to be honest with you, because I but I would I, Waddle is more of a safe bet, I do think, for week one than um I would like to see what the Jets do with that offense before we kind of decide whether or not who we're starting for that team. Because I do think I think Davis is the only one that I would start this week for sure. Yeah. But Davis. after that, it's kind of up in the air what we're gonna see. It's kind of like the running back situation up in New York as well. Well, especially for me too, with no Will Fuller this week and Waddle having, you know, already established relationship with Tua, I think he's he's going to be the big beneficiary. Yeah. So transitioning real quick, thanks for the question. Keep them coming in here. Um, all right. So I'm going to go over a couple quick bets, a couple of DFS plays we got, and then we'll head out the door into our movie corner. Um, quick bets that I like. I love the Chiefs to blow out the Browns this week. I think that this game is going to be ugly. I like the Chiefs by 10+. plus. I think that they're just going to have a chip on the shoulder. I think the playoff game, Mahomes didn't get to finish it. The Super Bowl still in the back of their mind. I think the Chiefs are going to come out here. And I'm not saying this is as, as to say that the Browns are going to be awful. I don't think that. I think they're going to be a playoff team. But I just think that they come out here and knock their teeth out and kind of just reestablish, hey, we are the alpha dogs of the AFC, period. That's what I really feel like we're going to get out of this game. And on the flip side of it, a game that you said is the upset special, I like the Ravens minus three and a half on Monday night. I'm a big fan of that game. I do think the Ravens win that game. I do like them taking the points. And then, of course, for a player prop this week, I am all in on Mr. Daniel Jones. His prop his prop right now is sitting at 217 passing yards. You could take the over and get minus 110 on that. I do think that he eclipses that 217-yard passing mark. I also do think they win that game, but I'm not I'm not confident enough to say that in order to bet it. But um, I do think it's a game that's a little bit of a toss-up depending on what we see out of the Denver Broncos. But I like those three plays this week. Um, another thing that I do like, I want to throw this out here real quick. Uh, I do like a seven-point teaser. Uh, Arizona, Kansas City, Baltimore. If you put them in a seven-point teaser, you'll get the Ravens at plus three and a half, the Chiefs at plus one and a half, and then the Cardinals at plus 10, and you get the money line at plus 130. I like that actually a whole lot as well. And then for DFS plays of the week, Kyle Pitts is 4,400, smash play for me. Chase Edmonds, 4,600, smash play for me. I think that he's going to score a lot of points this week. Raheem Mozart, I think that he's just a forgotten running back. I do think that... He might be in a bit of a you know a, a committee style thing with Sermon, but I do think week one we're going to see a lot of him, and I think they they might beat the Lions by 150 points. And then of course Stefan Diggs, yes, he's a little bit higher priced, but I'm locking him in, in in everywhere I can. They're going to throw the football, and when they throw the football, it's going to go to Diggs. So those are my four DFS plays. Those are my three and one parlay for my um, bets that I like. And each week, when we come back here and we talk about the, when I give you my bets in DFS corner, I'm going to reevaluate how I did and I'm going to keep track throughout the season, kind of give you an idea so you can hold me accountable if you'd like. Um, And then, of course, um, we'll go from there. But that's it for the NFL portion of our show. Um, If you have any questions, make sure to follow Mr. Fox on Twitter at Nighthawk7734. Give myself a follow at Ricky Valera underscore. Make sure to check out before this weekend, check out all the previews that are entire. Uh, team did over at the Music City Drive-In. We've got weekly columns coming in each and every week from all of our writers. Our team is doing pumping out as much content as possible right now, and I love it a whole lot. Football season's back, and we couldn't be more excited. Which, that being said, another passion and love for Mr. Fox, Mr. Fox and I is movies. So we get to bore you with some movie talk before we go, and we'll talk about the number one movie of the uh, 
of the weekend, the week, and probably this coming weekend as well. And that's Shang-Chi, which um, blew box office uh, numbers, which was amazing, amazing, amazing. So happy for this film. So happy for everybody a part of it. Um, it blew it out of the water so much. Venom was like, you know what? We're releasing our movie on October 1st now. <laughs> I know. Um, they pulled um, back to January and all of a sudden just jumped up to the beginning of October. Exactly. And so for, right out the gate, I will say the first 15 minutes of me, this movie just did not really flow for me a whole lot. And I was like, man, I do not see whatever. And then it just kind of takes off. And it really kind of starts on the bus. The bus scene is probably one of my favorite. And it's funny that we talk about this because the, the North American Film Critic Group, the thing that Matthew Fox and, and, and Amanda and I ha- found it together, I really feel like that scene's going to be talked about when it comes time for um, for our award season. But I really do love that scene. I think it was creative. It was innovative. The way that they also capitalized on modern technology, the way they did with the guy filming it on there, I thought the entire thing was fantastic. The movie as a whole, really good. Really, really good. I feel like it's the best piece of Marvel content we've seen this year. So um, very excited. I can't wait. And Aquafina is just she's a star. And I think that she's going to mix well. I can't wait to see her interact with some of these other Marvel characters. I can't wait to see how they implement him into this uh, into this universe as well. Fox, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was really fun, too. I like the blend of uh, action and humor. I like Simi Liu and Aquafina. I thought they were great on screen together. It was great to get Michelle Yeoh in there. Um, a fun part for her. Um, good villain, good action. Uh, I would. I don't know about you, but when they were fighting on the side of a building hanging way up there, I... My wife started to get sick. I, I was definitely a little terrified. I don't do well with heights. They did such a good job with that. Um, you know, just having you on the edge of your seat, what's going to happen, all these things going on. Um, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I think we talked about it too. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't really know much about this one. Don't really know much about the comic. Um, and I was floored by the presentation. I thought it was incredible. Um, you know, it's, we're to the point where we should probably just stop doubting Marvel uh, until we get down later in this year. And then we'll find out one of them's not good. Uh, and then we'll have a reason to doubt again, but they, they have an incredible track record lately. And I thought this was just another win. Yeah, it's, it, they really do. And, and it's crazy to me how they consistently win with characters that uh, I'm not a comic book, book, comic book guy. So I don't really know anything about these, these characters going into these movies. And, and it was like, you make me care about these people in ways that I didn't think that I could. I do think that I, I I didn't, I wasn't attached emotionally to the film as everybody else was. I do think it kind of has a little bit of a disconnect to it for me, but uh, I really want to see it again. Like it's on my radar to go watch again. I want to catch it again. And I think I want to catch it again in theaters. Um, If you feel comfortable, obviously if you feel comfortable going to theaters, please do right now. Uh, The theaters need our supports more than ever. Um, there are certain days of the week and times of the week that you can go and it would be a, a small amount of people. And that's kind of what I target right now as well as trying to go Shang-Chi. I did see opening night. It was kind of packed, but outside of that, I really do try to find show times of which that I know that it might not be as packed, but please support films in theaters right now, guys. It's very, very important. Um, two, um, two other films that we watched both being dropped on the same platform. Um, we had the 9-11, the president's war room and come from away, which is a document, uh, it's a Broadway play brought to life in film. Um, 
both kind of both of these are centered around 9-11. We're obviously coming up in the 20th anniversary of that. Um, both fantastic pieces of work. Um, it's just, it's, it's kind of art at its finest. The 9-11 documentary, The President's War Room was one of the more intriguing things that I've watched because getting interviews with some of the big dogs was, was important because we've heard so many different stories about 9-11, but hearing it from President Bush's mouth, hearing it from the Colin Powell, Condoleezza Rice, the people that were involved that day kind of intertwined what their thought process was kind of hearing what they said about like even Bush at some points was like, you know, he was being very spearheaded and they were like, Hey man, you need to calm down a little bit. But at the same time, I love the idea of hearing him reassert, Hey, I'm the president of the United, United States. You know what I mean? Like there's so many different aspects of that, that I really enjoyed. Kind of give me your thoughts on those. Yeah. Um, the president's war room documentary dropped last weekend and obviously come from away drops uh, today. The documentary is a mixture of those interviews 20 years later um, and news file footage and footage of the day. And it was incredibly emotional. Um, You know, I watched it by myself first and then my wife was interested. So I watched it again with her. And I think you just need to be prepared a little bit that it, it takes you back, you know, and all of us who are, you know, were more than, you know, probably 15 years old at the time, kind of remember. It made me think about where I was that day and some of those feelings, seeing some of that footage. It doesn't get any easier, even though it's been 20 years later. And one of the profound things you heard here in the interview with uh, President Bush in that is he said it took 20 years, but now it's just become another day for a lot of people, but it will never be just another day for those of us that live through it. And I think that's kind of a good reminder, um, you know, as we come up on this 20th anniversary to take a moment to remember um, what happened, to remember the people whose lives were lost and, and who were impacted. And I thought it was a very uh, emotional um, and touching, you know, look at that day. Um in the same way, Come From Away surprised me a little bit. It's uh, centered on the story of a little town in Newfoundland, um, which is where 38 planes and 7,000 passengers were um, forced to be grounded when airspace closed over the United States. And it's a town of 7,000, so it basically doubled their population. It's a celebration of the way that town rallied to welcome and try to comfort these people in a difficult time, tells some stories. It's based on real stories of real people. If you watch all the way through to the end, after the credits begin, they actually show you some pictures of the real people who are the inspiration for some of these stories that are told. Beautiful music. It starts out, I, I thought it was going to be kind of funny and quirky, but there is a real emotional depth um, to a lot of it when you go through. It, it got to me in a similar way. And I think it's just been beautiful to see two pieces. I gave both four stars, um, both of these things. I thought they were both uh, journeys, but they are they are both going to be emotional um, just because of the subject matter. Yeah, when I was talking to the creators of Come From Away, and the interview can be found on the same YouTube channel that you're, you're listening to this on, is is when they said they initially created it and they, they first showed it to everybody, they were like, this is not supposed to be funny. And it's like, you know, and it's not a funny story, but at the same time, like how this entire culture and environment kind of came together and really kind of honed in um, was beautiful. It's a beautiful story. Um, it made me want to learn more about the story after the story. 
Um, it's a story that I knew no clue about going into. And that's, I think that's another reason why I was really impressed with the journey because it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's heartwarming. It's all those things wrapped up in one. So check it out. It's on Apple TV plus right now. Highly recommend checking out both these things. Um, Apple is the best streaming platform. I'm just going to say bar none. They have three of my favorite shows um, from the year and we haven't even gotten the morning show yet. They have my favorite film of the year. Coda. I watched the entire season two of morning show already. Yeah. Woo! So. Woo! Oh man, I can't wait to talk about that. You know, if you're on there, Ted Lasso's episode today um, gets you all in the feels as well. Yeah. Uh, in theaters right now, uh, the card counter is in select theaters. Not in a lot of theaters. Um, it's out today. Some very skeptical reviews out for it right now. I'm looking forward to checking it out. It's kind of a kind of my cup of tea uh, style of movie. Whether but it's good. Or not. How did Jessica Chastain review it? Because I think that's the only thing that matters. Gosh, man, just I. I was speaking to Jessica Chastain next week. The eyes of Tammy Faye come out, and I'll be watching that very, very soon. Um, and I'll get to. Re- I'll send my review out next week for that. Uh, Mal- Mal- Malignant. Malignant. There we go. It comes out this week as well. That's actually dropping on HBO Max. Rave reviews early on for the film. Um, I'm excited to check it out. Um, I probably wish I would have probably went and saw it in theaters, maybe, but I'll probably watch it on HBO Max. Um, that's coming out this weekend. And uh, Queen Pin- Queen Pins is out, limited release. Um, another thing that I'm watching currently right now, I can't say a whole lot about, is I'm checking out. I'm watching that Midnight Mass that's coming out with Mike Flanagan, new TV show coming out on Netflix. He did the House on the Hunting Hill ones that were on Netflix. I wasn't a big fan of those. This one is definitely different, unique. Um, touches on uh, religion in an interesting way as well. I don't know what's going on recently with a lot of these shows and movies that we've been watching, but there's a lot of religion involved. Um, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but um, it's a thing um, anyway. Uh, it's it's a thing. Um, but um, yeah, I think Kate drops on Netflix this weekend. I saw yes, it a while ago. Um, it's okay. Um, but yeah, if you want to watch anything this weekend, watch Come From Away. 9-11 documentary, binge watch Ted Lasso, catch up on season one of The Morning Show, binge watch that while you're at it because that's that's as good as you're going to get right now. Uh, Fox, any any parting thoughts for us? No, I'm excited. Big, uh, you know, there's it's a big streaming weekend. There's four uh, four streaming film releases, you know, that we touched on, Kate. There's Amazon Prime has Voyeurs, too. Oh, yeah. Um, that's on, on there, and that can all be your, uh, your warm-up to we got a good slate of college games tomorrow, and then the NFL is back. 14 games from morning to night, on, uh, depending on your time zone, or early afternoon tonight if you're uh, where Ricky lives. And if you've made it this far into the show, um, real quick before I go, I will have interviews with the cast of Everybody's Talking About Jamie dropping on uh, Sunday night for the Music City Drive-In podcast for this week. I'll have a little bit of an article uh, popping up on Monday with that as well. Um, Fantastic conversation with that group. Um, And check out the film next week on Friday. Um, I'll be dropping a review of the film. I really, really enjoyed it. It's definitely, uh, it's inspirational, unique, especially for that culture so um yeah thanks for tuning in to us thanks for the questions keep them coming each week matthew fox and i will be here every friday for a little bit of a happy hour conversation talking football and movies and until next time we'll talk to you guys later go cow this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding 
or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.